Welcome back to Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, And today I have the lovely Sumi Singh. She is, an, well, she's just a badass, to be honest. Like, I've been looking at her Facebook, like, religiously for the past week, and I'm just in awe of everything that she does, from being a personal trainer, she's a single mum, and she's a national and state record holder across loads of different federations when it comes to powerlifting. And I've had quite a few bikini competitors on. They're great, but I think we can always take inspiration and motivation from different sports, which are kind of still linked to what we do as competitors. So welcome to the podcast. I'm super, super excited to have you on. And I'm very, hey, grateful that to have you on because like, well, before we put the cord on, uh, Simi was mentioned that there's been lightning and her appliances aren't working. So I'm very, very lucky. Well, we're very lucky that the internet's working at the stage. <laughs> Just barely, but yes, definitely. It's been really weird around here. Just a bunch of things just shutting off randomly and things turning on when they shouldn't be. And I'm like, well, maybe my house is haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's me. (laughs) So for people that don't know you potentially, um, if I have missed anything for that little introduction, like talk to me about kind of how you got into weightlifting. That probably be a good place to start. Well, um, so I've been weightlifting since my early 20s, and I'm 43 now. So it's been a, it's been a long time. I've always, you know, for many of us, we've you know d- dabbled in sports for a really long time. I was competitive in high school. When I was in college, I kind of focused more on my studies. But as soon as I was done with college, I you know got a quote unquote responsible job. But mm-hmm. I always did personal training on the side. Um, until I was able to kind of move into it full time, but that's you know fairly recently. But I've been a personal trainer for about two decades now, so it's been a, it's been a long, long, long time that I've been into weightlifting and more most recently into powerlifting. In fact, when I turned forty, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, um, you know, I had done personal training for a very long time for aesthetic reasons. In fact, I was a fitness model for a little while, and I even wanted to do you know a couple of bikini shows, um, especially after having the baby, mm-hmm. and. After uh, very many years of focusing on the aesthetic side of um, the body and lifting and all that, I thought, you know, I just want to get into pure strength stuff. So when I hit 40, I did my first powerlifting meet and I haven't turned back since then. So so how old is your, is it your son or your daughter? So my daughter is 11. Yeah, 11. Yeah. So yeah. Before your daughter, was, you, were still, you were still quite into fitness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, and then... Um, you know, right after her, I even wrote a book. It's called um, Stay at Home Strong, which is a stay at home. It's a program for, for new moms who are trying to figure out how they are supposed to incorporate, you know, lifting weights into their new life and the challenges that a new mom would face. So I can definitely speak to that. But it's, you know, as a single parent, figuring out the ways you can find time to exercise and make it a priority and all the struggles that happen, you know, as your mom. I know that you had... Um, another single mom on your show. I was binge listening to your show and she stepped on stage and all the challenges that she faced and how she managed to incorporate that. So, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. A hundred percent. I always do wonder though, like what my life would be like, like how I would prep Mm -hmm. um, with a child's, because obviously, like, Joe is, well, he wouldn't like to say that he's a child, but he's, yeah, he's my husband. So, you know, I have to look after him in some respects. But yeah, how do you, I think, I don't know, it'd be really interesting to hear what you have to go through to prep for a bodybuilding, not bodybuilding, for a powerlifting or weightlifting meet mm-hmm. in comparison to a bikini competition. Like, how is it when you're, like, do you start prepping? Obviously, you like to, across the whole year, you're training, yeah? yeah? But is there kind of like, right, there's 16 weeks, now I really start ramping things up. Like, how does it work for you when it comes to, when you've got a meet or competition coming up. So that's, that's exactly right. You just said it. So there, there is, it is, there is a long sort of period that builds up to the meet. So 16 weeks is a good way to look at it. So you have a a base period of training where you're doing more of the bodybuilding hypertrophy stuff, but you're still doing the main lift. So you're still doing squat bench and deadlift. And as you get closer and closer to the competition, so six weeks out, you know, you have like, um, 
we like to call it a competition mimic day. So we have a day that we do nothing but squat, bench, and deadlift. And, you know, we push super heavy on those lifts. Oh. So basically by the time meat rolls around, you know, it's, it's almost like the meat is, is easy in comparison to all the lifting and training we've been doing. But, you know, it's, it's as with bikini prep, you know, you, you, you always think that it's going to take, oh, it's never going to take as short as you want it to take. It's always going to take a lot longer than you think, right? The end result is what we're always looking for, but as in with bikini and as in with powerlifting, like for me, because I've been lifting weights for so long, there was so much already that was, you know, the foundation had been laid already for many years. So many of us are looking at that, you know, the athlete or the competitor on stage going, I want to look like that. But, you know, you don't know how many years has gone into putting into that physique or that figure. So, yeah. so do, is, you, oh, sorry, do you diet for, like, I know there's different weight classes. Yeah, that's true. Yes, there are, there are different weight classes. Um, thankfully, unlike um, bikini, the dieting isn't as strict. But, mm. if, you know, if you know you're going to be competing in a weight class. So I, I have done water cuts to make weight. So if I know that I'm going to be competing in a weight class and I'm, you know, currently sitting five or six pounds over whatever that weight class is, it's mostly a matter of water weight cuts. Like I, there's, I, my coach would not want me dieting down because I'm already really small. Like I'm not a very big person to, to I mean, I'm not sure how tall you are, but no. you, know, I'm, <laughs> are you, you look, you look super, super tall in your pictures. You're like five, <laughs> you're five foot 10 or something, right? Yes. Bang on, bang on. Yeah. 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 You, you look super tall. So. So you can envision like you're five ten, I'm five foot five, you mm. know, and one hundred and fourteen pounds. So, and that's you know what I'm walking around now. So for me to you know diet in the in the sense that I would lose a lot of muscle mass, you know, and I'm forty three, so it's not like I'm that you know I'm be putting on much significant muscle at this point in my life. You know mm. what I mean? So um, dieting it, at least for me, would not be a good idea. I don't have that much to lose, but you know I think if you're a bigger, bigger, bigger lifter and you have some wiggle room, then that would be something that some powerlifters would have to do to make weight. But thankfully, I'm not in that position. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think that the rules apply as with you uh, and your clients. Like, you know, you want to make sure you're getting adequate protein and enough carbohydrates to do your workouts and all the other good stuff that you, you know, preach to your clients, plant-based diet and, you know, whatever fruits and vegetables and all that good stuff. So, so how much focus do you put... Um... Because when it comes to obviously bikini shows, you put you you have to eat well. Whether you have to equally distribute, I don't know. That I'm being maybe another episode. But obviously, with with what you do, mm. is it the case that do you put more focus on the training side? Do you put more focus on the nutrition side? Do you think they play quite equally? Um, um. So for me, the focus most, the, much of the focus is on the training side only because, you know, I'm not saying that nutrition doesn't matter. Of course it does. But again, you know, I have been doing this so long that a lot of the healthy habits are already there. Like yeah. I'm going to fuel enough for my workouts. I am going to eat enough, ad you know, adequate protein for, for my needs. Right. So yeah. that, that is there and that's far less stressful for me, but the training takes up a big portion of time. So for instance, we are currently five weeks out from my next powerlifting meet. So we have, you know, a heavy, two heavy days where two heavy upper, or sorry, one heavy upper, one light upper, one heavy lower, one light lower. So that's four days of training plus one competition mimic day. So that, that longer workout, that competition mimic day, you know, we'll do all three lifts. I mean, that workout can be, you know, two and a half hours long. That doesn't mean that I'm lifting the entire time, but there's warm-ups and changing clothes and loading bars and all that stuff, right? So all that takes time. So that is a big chunk of my time. And as a single parent, that's, that is hard. So I always have to find somebody that will help me watch my daughter for those, for those times. And I'm lucky to have a support crew, you know, and as I've gotten older and wiser, I've gotten better at asking for help. Yeah. And I think that a lot of new moms may not necessarily do that, especially if you're a single parent. Like I, it's obviously different if you have a partner who's, who's there to help you, but, mm. uh, or yeah, family lives nearby. And, you know, sometimes I'm lucky enough that my parents will come here to America and then when they come, they'll stay for a couple months at a stretch, but that doesn't happen like regularly, regularly. So, but when that happens, I do have, you know, somebody, but for mm. now it's, that is, I would say the training is, is far more impactful in terms of things I have to plan for and make sure that all the ducks are in order before, you know, I take off. Wow. Where are your parents living at the moment? They're in India. They're in India. My, I'm actually an Indian by nationality, by descent, but 
I was born and raised in the Philippines, came to the U.S. for college, so that's probably why I sound so <laughs> not like an Indian. <laughs> oh, okay. That's one place I really want to go to is India. It looks beautiful. My parents would be happy to have you. <laughs> oh, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me. <laughs> They'll take you right to the gym because that's where they take me to. So. Oh, that. Good parents, good parents there. So talk to me about the mindset behind lifting. Yeah. Um, obviously, what you mentioned that you talk about, you do a lot of bodybuilding style, like hypertrophy sort of things. But mm. I think one thing, and it's, I'm talking at you from experience, I personally think that my mindset has stopped me not just in other kind of avenues when i'm talking about just training in terms of actually pushing myself mm -hmm. um like really pushing myself so I, I don't have a training partner i don't know if that's kind of sort of setup that you have but i do think personally have being a female mm -hmm. i think it can be harder for us to get to that place inverted commas in sure. comparison to perhaps you know, I'm just comparing to my husband. He can get in his own, absolutely push it all the time. Um, right. And I don't, I, I don't know whether it's because it's with females, there's still that kind of, oh, we can't lift too heavy, or whether it's, do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to kind of hear how you've got to the place you're at. Mm -hmm. And, well, I don't know, talking about the mindset aspect of lifting. Because um, obviously you, when you get to, like you're constantly having to, push the weight yes, and keep increasing. Like we can technically, obviously you want to keep regressing, mm -hmm. but the low body fat levels that we get to, it can get very, very difficult. Sure. Um, so yeah, sure. talk to me about the mindset side, if you've got any thoughts on that. Sure, I, I will. And, and going back to what you were saying about pushing yourself, I think that's where having a coach like you, for instance, comes in super handy because you have somebody who's guiding the process and pushing you. So. For, for to the extent that you have, you know, you have clients that check in with you, you know, and they have a, they have a sounding board. I think that's super helpful. So having a coach is one thing, having someone to push you. Um, mm -hmm. I can only speak for, for myself and what makes me want to do more is stepping back from comparing myself to others. You know, like I cannot get on Instagram and look at other power lifters. There's just no way because mm -hmm. I'm built so differently from what they are. So I have to have a vision that's, you know, that pertains to me and what I can do. So I've, I've, I mean, all of us compare. It's part. It's just part of human nature, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we're forgetting a big, big, big aspect, which is we're not seeing all the work that's gone into wherever that that final product that we're looking at is, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know if they've, you know, if they've got twenty years of experience over us, or you know, if their background is in something like that's really helped them succeed. Like, for instance. A lot of powerlifters, you know, they may come from a calisthenics or a gymnastics background that sets them up better, you know, than somebody, you know, it might set them up somebody, you know, better than somebody like me who may not have that kind of background. Yeah. So we all have to remind ourselves that there's a path to wherever it is that we're going. And that path can take us several years. We all want to be able to add more weight to the bar. We all want, you know, quick fixes. We all want the magic program that's going to, you know, build muscle in six weeks. But, you know, it just, it doesn't work that way, right? Yeah. Um, success and in bikini and prep and powerlifting, whatever, it's built on many, many years of consistency, of discipline, um, readjusting when we, you know, fail. Um, it's, it's getting stronger, I think, is just progressively, and when wanting to do this is just progressively adding a tiny bit and getting a tiny bit better over time, even if it's like a 1% improvement. Just know that it is about, it's about consistency, you know, day in, day out week after week and just gradually trying to add a little weight to the bar and then reminding, you know, in, in your case or with your client's case, you can remind them like, you know, to celebrate those successes. So if they did, you know, whatever, if they were able to squat 95 pounds for eight reps in one week and then the next week they're doing 10 repetitions, well, that's, that's progress. Mm. So they should commend themselves for whatever the success is. And I think that is definitely self-propelling. Like that will, I think that helps you push yourself a little further when you know that, okay, last week I did this and I succeeded at that and I was good at that. So it's like me to do more. Yeah. Do you, you ever, oh, sorry. No, is, that, is that what you mean when you, when you were asking about the mindset behind pushing? Like, is that what you meant by that question? Yeah, like, I said, you, you get, oh, how am I trying to explain this? I just know that there's a lot of, you see in the bodybuilding industry, you do see a lot of um, videos 
from men you know in the gym really appreciate it but you don't see a lot of that in the female space is that the same in the powerlifting weightlifting kind of circle that you're in actually no i I do think and and i i do think that you know now with instagram and social media and all that we're seeing more and more female lifters doing what the male lifters do and whether that's you know it's kind of self-fulfilling that people gravitate towards things that are good at, you know, and, you know, Lyle, who is my coach, has a theory that a lot of the women who have, you know, more higher testosterone or, you know, PCOS or you know, things like that going on are more driven to that sport just because they're in, in, in a certain way more like a man or they like to push themselves harder than the average person. Whether or not that's true, I mean, it could be psychological, there could be something going on physiologically, but um, when you cultivate your social media feed, you know, full of these strong female powerlifters, that's the message that I see, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, so, so perhaps for, you know, somebody who's in the general population or, you know, thinking of the first bikini show, that might not be what they see in their, in their feed, what they're being fed, right, mm-hmm. in terms of social media. But you can cultivate anything you want and be fed whatever message it is. I mean, there's, I'm not, there's a saying like you are the sum total of the five people you surround yourself with. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get the quote yeah. wrong. Yeah, I think it's pretty smart. It, it's, it's almost like with regards to what we expose ourselves to, the podcasts we listen to, the social media um, people we follow, like what we read. All that stuff is what we're being fed. Right? I think so, that's probably more important as well because – how much time do you spend? You know, we probably spend more time on our phone than we do actually interacting with people technically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And for some people, you know, especially if you're an introvert like I am, you do a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I'm exposed to are these, these women who are just pushing these immense amounts of weights. And, and I'm going, wait a minute. Like, you know, I, I have to remind myself that I can't necessarily do that, but I can only do what I can do. Like I can yeah. compare myself to myself. And I have to remind myself all the things that are going on behind the scene of what we're not seeing, that person putting, whether it's years and years of effort or, you know, whatever, anything. Some of these people, and it's true, there are people who are just blessed with great genetics, great levers for lifting, right? And I can't cut my femurs off. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, you're five foot ten. Like, I mean, you know how hard it is to do leg exercises because you just got that much more distance to move, right? Yes, definitely. I do find it, I don't know, it's interesting when it when you, you're very tall. Um, Joe describes the way, you'll probably enjoy this, so that he, he says, he describes the way I squat like a clam. I just like fold in. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way I can get myself down. <laughs> well, I've been described as a giraffe, so there you go. <laughs> oh my God, you're five foot five as well. Uh, it's like a baby giraffe standing up. I'm, I'm five foot five, but I'm like all all legs. So whenever you see a squat video of mine, it's like, is she five foot ten? I said, no, I'm five foot five, but I look like five foot <laughs> So I can't imagine what you look like. Than I am, though. It's quite funny. I always say this on this podcast um, when I talk to people, but it is funny when you see me against other girls because I just look so tall, especially the heels yeah. as well. Yes, yes. The long hair and the heels and everything. It's just like, yeah, this girl looks like she's fine. And I was right on. I can't believe it. But Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so in terms of like, in bodybuilding, yeah. post-show is probably one of the, I would say it's probably the hardest time for a competitor because you've, you know, you've been working so hard up to this one day and mm-hmm. then that day's over and then it's kind of like whoa like, what, what's going on and you you know some girls react fine to that some girls really struggle with that mentally um and physically maybe hormonally all that sort of thing like how do you how do you deal with is there like a post-show blues is there kind of like a common thing in powerlifting that you tend to see as soon as they've done their meets um i, I think that there certainly can be like i think if you were so tied to the outcome of whatever it is you're trying to achieve, then there'll absolutely be a letdown. Like, so it's over. Yeah. Okay. But if you're, if you only think that that's the end of it, then you will absolutely be let down. And that's the nice thing about at least, you know, having the right mindset, like no matter what happens on meet day or what happens on, you know, on show day for you guys, like whatever happens, the outcome will most likely be what you worked for and what you deserve. And then usually I say, okay, Whatever happens, good or bad, what's next? I am already hungry for whatever's next. Because it's like 
it's like with your first show, like no matter, or your first competition, no matter what it is, like it is always a learning experience, mm. right? There's so much that you learn with every single show that you do or every single competition that you do. And the more you compete, the better you get at it, right? Mm. It's, it's almost, it's a skill. Like, you know, with every single show, you're going to learn so much. Um, and so having, and like I said, you know, having a good coach, you know, is always, always a good thing because in that way you're in good hands. And this is what you do. You coach bikini competitors for their first show, right? Mm. You do. So yeah, I help them with, um, I don't do the actual contest prep itself, but what I tend to do is help them more with the mindset side and yeah. logistics and the yeah. styling, like basically all the other stuff apart from cardio, food, mm -hmm. training sort of thing. But it's quite a cool mix when you try, when you start to have a few like synergies of coaches. Cause a lot of the coaches that I kind of collab with a lot of, a lot of males who mm -hmm. generally don't, like they understand it, but they don't understand the importance of, you know, choosing the right jewelry and making sure they've got everything and having that mindset, you know, all the other elements. That's kind of where I tend to sit in. Um, Joe does a lot of the contest prep. Like I understand it, but I would never ever class myself as a contest prep coach. But maybe okay. one day, you never know. Okay. Okay. You never know. Right. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that what you did. I'm sorry. That's my mistake. So. No, it's okay. But, but yeah, going back to that, I mean, I'm, there's always, there's always that, that I guess there can always be a post-show letdown after you've reached a big goal. But I think if you're just hungry for more and you stay hungry, then you'll, I don't want to say you'll never be satisfied, but it's almost like you'll always find ways to improve, like no matter, no matter what it is, right? I mean, you can view, you can view um, a placing that you didn't want or a placing you don't think you deserved as, as, as a negative thing, or you could view it as, okay, well, um, there's this one book that I read, it's called With Winning in Mind by Lanny Basham. And he, in the book says, there's no such thing as, there's no such thing as losing. It's either you win or you learn. Yeah, so, like that. Whatever happens at the end of, show day you know whether you got the placing you want or not it's an opportunity so yeah. and you'll know what you're made of maybe you'd figure out that you know you know bikini competition is just not for you and that's fine i mean we shouldn't all just be one thing right 100 percent, 100 percent. in you do you do tend to see actually quite a lot of bikini competitors then go into powerlifting mm -hmm. i do see that quite a lot because i think there are like from what you've said anyway there is quite a few synergies and i get like in terms of what you have to do from a mindset perspective, you know, staying resilient, overcoming hot, like hurdles and obstacles and challenges. Like there are a lot of, there is quite a lot of synergies actually, more than what I thought there'd be. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I think so. I think so. And there's, there's nothing, I, I don't think there's anything bad that can come out of, you know, training for powerlifting. You'll figure out what you're made of, right? <laughs> Whether you like it or not. And you're, there's, I, I've never found a negative that's going to come out of getting stronger. Like it just provides all other aspects of your life, right? You're more confident. You're more able in your daily tasks. Like whatever it is, it's going to translate into various aspects of your life, wherever you decide to take it. Yeah, definitely. So when you come to your actual lifts on the show, I'm sorry, I keep saying show day. Is it, is that what you guys call it? <laughs> yeah, good enough. Show day. I got show day. Lifting your heels. No. Um, so when it comes to the, the day of the meet, yeah yeah how do you there must be quite a lot of pressure um to actually do that lift in front of loads of people right there is how do you i don't know like, like talk me through that whole process like what goes through your head and how you're able to perform when it comes to the time that you need to perform so I think we can look at it as, as pressure is, you know, pressure a good thing or pressure a bad thing. I think pressure is a good thing, right? Like we are privileged to have that pressure, I think. And mm -hmm. you, you can, you can, you can look at it as, you know, if, if, if we didn't care about, if we didn't care about what we're doing, right. Then that means, that means it's not for us. Like to some extent we should have some level of anxiety, right. Mm -hmm. But, but not in such a way that it's going to stop us from performing on meet day. And I think if you do, if you're prepared and you put in the work and you put in the reps, like, again, this is going back to whatever outcome it is that, that happens has been what you worked for. So I, I work super hard. Like nobody, nobody sees that right. Other than my coach, like mm -hmm. nobody's going to see the amount of work that we put in, but we put in a lot of work. So um, no matter what happens, I know I'm prepared because I've done everything. Like every single workout, I will give whatever I have on that day. And you know, it, it's hard, right? I mean, you get it because, 
some days you're not feeling your best. Maybe you're no, uh, you haven't slept right. You haven't eaten right. You know, your stomach's not feeling well. Your kid is sick. Like there are all kinds of myriad reasons we, we don't feel like we're going to, you know, we're hundred percent, but if you're giving your best on that day, you know that every single workout is a step towards meet day or competition day or whatever it is. Right. Yes. So I, I, we do a lot of prep. So as like I was saying, there's, there's a big, there's a big base build, build up to actual six weeks out from meet day. And we're doing the whole series of lifts in practice. Um, so that on meet day, it's just not that big of a deal. So in, in a powerlifting meet, you have um, squat, bench, and deadlift. You have three attempts for each lift, right? Mm-hmm. So you get three on squat, three on bench, three on deadlift. And in our meet preparation, we'll do, you know, six repetitions. So we'll do six on squat, six on dead, six on bench, or even more on bench. So, you know, basically the meet day is like a cakewalk in comparison to the prep work. So I'm almost super relaxed because I've worked so hard in training that the meat is almost like a second thought. Mm. So I think even in, in your case, like when you're preparing for a bikini show, like put in all the effort, like no matter how small the task may seem, whether it's, you know, meal prep or posing practice or whatever, cardio, whatever it is, like the training that you have to do for, for bikini prep give all of your attention to that what is in front of you because if you know you've done that then when show day comes you know you've done everything you've put in all the work so when you step on stage that is your best package just have fun like that is it you have put in all the work like you're you're there to shine you're you're there to show the world what you've been working for all this time and it's and it takes so much longer for bikini prep i think than it does for a powerlifting meeting, you know, it could take longer than 16 weeks for some people, depending where they're starting from, right? Yeah. I mean, it could be a year of prep for, for a lot of these people. So by the time they step on stage, it's time to shine. It's time to have fun. So I think that the outcome is out of your control. Like you do not know who is going to show up on that stage with you, right? You have no idea, yeah. but that's also out of your control. So it's up to you to just have fun. Know that you've given every single, you know, every bit of your effort all like hundred percent throughout the entire prep. And whatever outcome happens is what you deserve and what you've been working for. So, yeah, oh, I love that. That's it's so it's yeah it's so no, it's really nice and really refreshing actually to hear these mindset kind of principles and values from someone outside of mm. my industry. Because um, mm-hmm. you tend, to, I think sometimes you tend to fall into the trap of just being so kind of self-absorbed into your own industry. You kind of forget mm-hmm. that there's what many athletes that have these same you know they have to push themselves and have oh, they, they it's very very similar the lifestyles they it's very very similar the same principles and all that sort of thing it's actually really nice and refreshing to have someone on um that actually isn't for my industry yeah i mean and, and i don't know how often you know the, the average sort of bikini prep person would do this but like to the extent that you know we like i said the focus for us is is obviously on training so you can encourage, you know, uh, your clients to to always reinforce what's positive out of training or what's positive, you know, what how if the scale has moved. So for me, you know, if if I've had a good day in the gym, I'll, I'll be like, okay, well, I was able to add, you know, two pounds to my bench press or whatever, and record that and journal all that. So keep reinforcing just this positive self image, so that you know when you step on stage, you can, you know, you you know you've journaled all those things that you've done, you know that it's like, it's like this person, like for me, I'll say, okay, it's like me to be a strong bench presser, whatever. So, you know, in in the case of bikini um, competitor, it's, it's like me to step on stage and bring my best package. It's like me to, you know, nail all my poses. It's like me to meal prep every Sunday, whatever it is, if they're reinforcing the positive, I think that those are the two lessons that I think translate well for both, both fields, you know, positive self-image is definitely part of the mental mental process right because you know women gosh we are so so hard on ourselves and and you know this oh my god you you never you we just we just never think we're good enough we never think we're prepared enough we never think like if we have that attitude that we're never this we're never that we will never step on stage right we'll never think we're ready but that's not the case like you know there i think the saying is perfection is the purest form of procrastination. Like if we really thought that we were going to be perfect, we'd never step on stage because women, we never think we're perfect. Right. Yeah. So I agree. I definitely agree on that one. And I always say to people, 
other people are always really really supportive of you but i always say if you gave yourself that same amount of encouragement and positivity like what effect could that have on you oh yeah no absolutely i think we can all do a better job of you know talking about what went right all about our good shots all about our good training all about everything that went right but no it's 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 funny it's like you know you're watching a sports game and you get done watching it and you know they go how's a game you know and everyone talks about what went wrong all the bad stuff yeah. you know yeah. who screwed up where and what you know you know but that it's funny we're all programmed to do that like these human beings we focus on the negative right and we have to go the other way around and be like okay, well this is what went right so you know i have this practice with my daughter every day from school when i pick her up i don't do the whole you know like what happened or you know like I, if she tries to launch into the negative i will say i'll stop her and be like tell me what went right first yeah. because you know i want you to think about the good stuff i don't want you to be reinforcing failures and so and and so i do that with powerlifting i think that's something that you know people in prep can do too because certainly something has gone right in prep i don't care what it is like you know whether you're you know learn a new recipe that's you know super healthy and you know forwarding you towards your goals that kind of thing you know mm -hmm. that's still a positive thing that's still a really good thing so yeah so true so so true so this is really random. I'm just trying to write down questions of different things. I'm really fascinated by your sport. <laughs> so <laughs> when it comes to, I'm going to go completely other side now. Um, when it comes to, like, talk to me about checking days with your coach. Mm. Is it, obviously for us, we talk about, like, we send in checking photos. Like, do you send in checking photos or do you send in, like, training photos? Like, how does it work? So with, I think with powerlifting it's a little bit different. Like there, there are online coaches for powerlifting. And so for that, for that, I mean, often what you'll do is, you know, the, uh, the client will submit whatever their workout log, how much weight, you know, how much weight they've lifted or they're sending them videos. So they'll send them a video of their, their top set on squat or the top squat on, you know, bench and all that stuff. I am lucky enough that um, Lyle lives in Austin and he's my coach. So definitely on the comp prep days he's always in the gym with me and um that that is super helpful because he can assess and see problems on the spot as they happen i think i'm very lucky that i actually have somebody who's who's watching me in the gym um because I, it can be done with powerlifting where you have video check-ins but i think it's a lot harder to see a lot of errors if something goes awry like you know it's having a set of eyes right there is, is ideal, but there are, there are, you know, plenty of successful online powerlifting coaches. I just don't know how they do it. I mean, it's more power to them. It's not easy. I mean, if you have, if you have the right, you know, if you have the lifter who's definitely built for the sport, it makes things easier, you know, yeah. in the sense that you can catch certain things that are going on. But if you've got somebody who is atypical in build, you know, or who's doing something funky with their, their squat setup or their bench setup, it's a lot harder to see on video than it is in the flesh so i think it is different it's different yeah because i've always had i've always done online coaching and mm. joe has slowly been um taking over a few of my bits like just helping me out and even with like training like exactly how you what you said like you those little hinges and little tweaks yeah. like you it's really hard to see that on the video yeah. and it's not taking anything away from online coaching yeah. um, but I think there is a lot to be said when it comes to training. Mm -hmm. um, the difference of having someone there, literally there, to be able to pick up those little things. Yes. You've got to remember sometimes when you're taking those videos, like what angle are you, you know, you might be able, not be able to see it from one angle, but then the other angle you will, so. Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely. Like for instance, I was doing this weird thing with my squat where I would like hip shift it and I was doing this weird thing where I was shifting side to side. Mm. Now, if you were to watch the video of me squatting from the side, you couldn't tell that. But if you video from the back, you can see all kinds of weird things happening with my hips as I stood up. So it, you're absolutely right. Like it, even video angles matter so much. So, you know, if you're a coach and you're watching, you know, a client squat from the side, but you're missing something that might be happening from the back, that client could potentially get hurt, you know, or hurt their hip or something like that if you weren't seeing all the angles. Because they might be complaining about, ah, I have this weird thing going on in my hip or in my knee and you, you, just, you just can't see it, you mm -hmm. know? It, and it could just be a video angle thing. So that's, I, I do think that that's where having a, a set of eyes who are right there with you is, is super helpful. And so like, Joe's, I can't, it's crazy. Like the actual mechanics when it comes to training. <laughs> when I first started, I was just so like, yeah, like I'm just gonna lift up this 
just done by our like whatever but it's it's actually crazy how much to know it's the body's fascinating the more I've competed the more I, I find the human body and the human mind like just a fascinating thing how many times have you competed in in um, your federation um I've done like a mixture of federations and I think I've competed three or four times okay all right I and think. Do you, lo- you love it do you love it yeah I would never ever have thought I would be a big I don't know just anyone that would step on stage in high I, I couldn't wear high heels when I was younger I would never wear them so the fact I actually wear them pretty much every single time I go to the gym to propose in practice is funny in itself um that's awesome no but that's awesome I'm so glad you love it I think it's amazing I mean the girls the girls who love it and succeed in it I mean they just more power to them it's, I think it's an amazing sport it really is. yeah no, definitely. I think it, it's taught me a lot about, like, as you said, like how far you can push yourself and how much, like, I guess how much ability and potential you do have um, once you put your mind to it. Yes, yes. I think that's taught me massively. Um, and, and, and as you say, like, the failures are usually your biggest lessons and they're the ones that really do propel you. Like, right. I didn't start out, like, I still haven't got a first place. Like, and I think that's such a good thing um, because it's every single time. Mm-hmm. Instead of coming off stage and feeling, like, disheartened, I'm like, okay. Like, my instant reaction is always like, okay, what do I need to improve on? Like, yes, mm-hmm. I take that time to think, right, this went well. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed that. But every single time I've stepped on stage, I've always enjoyed it. Like, I've always loved it. Like, like, I don't know if the same for you. Like, you get those times during pro, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel beat up. I mean, in my case, you know, you're, you know, you're beat up from the training. You feel like your joints can't handle it anymore. Like, can you take one more workout? But, of course, the answer is yes, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, you know yeah, 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 I love comp- – I'm, I'm with you. I love competing, too. Like, there's always just so much to learn from that. And, yes, I mean, who learns from – I mean, I think you learn a lot more from, quote-unquote, failing than you'll ever will from just – automatically winning every single time right yeah, so. definitely so is there kind of times like with competing you have to like well uh, again i'm no coach so i'm not going to start saying things that i don't know anything about however generally speaking it's good to take breaks yep. between shows just to give your body a rest um hormones and that sort of thing is yeah. do, do you have to take as like, quite a few rests throughout the year can you kind of do it every single year and be absolutely fine like how does it work with you like what sort of setup do you have so um that that is that is the nice thing about powerlifting you can i mean schedule out you can do what it's not like you're going to wake up and be like hey i'm going to do this meet next week right i mean (laughs) plan out your year or you know whatever it is you want and i mean for me i think again there's a skill in competing and so i think you know three times or four times a year is sufficient and plenty for somebody like me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not pushing like a ton, a ton of weight where, you know, I need that much recovery. So if you plan it out like three or four, you know, meets in a year and with each prep being about 12 to 16 weeks and with after every single meet, you know, there is a week where you just deload and everything you back off all the ways it forces you into having a rest period, which I think is, is, is brilliant. Like, because there are people and, and, I, and I'm like this too, like I will just go hard all the time and it's silly, right? It's just, it's just who I am. Like but after a prep, I know that there's going to be a deload. It is what it is. And it's time for the body re- to recover. So that's kind of built into the program. If you take a big long-term view of, of how you're going to do it. Mm. So. So if you was to go up a class, would you have to take quite a substantial amount of time off? Go up in, in like a go up a weight class? Yeah. Um, I think so. I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't gone up a weight class. I've actually gone down a weight class and I've been really successful in that because mm-hmm. I normally compete in the 114, uh, 114 pounds. I think that's like 52 kg weight class. Um, and recently in the past meet, we competed me down in a lower weight class, which I think is 105.8 pounds. It's 40, what is that? 48 kg, mm-hmm. which is super light. Um, so I did like a pretty aggressive water cut, but I was really successful in that weight class. So we'll see, like, I'm, I sit really comfortably. Like I, I'm, you know, f- for a very, very, very long time, you know, like for the past 25 years, my weight has been really stable. Like I'm not, my weight doesn't fluctuate. So you know, I've always kind of stayed, you know, from around 112 to 114 pounds. And, you know, the only time I put on significant weight was when I was pregnant and that does not count. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know about competing up in a weight class, whether I could, you know, if I've maintained this weight, you know, with the ease for the, the majority of my life, if, 
I could realistically, you know, compete up in a weight class and what that would take, you know? Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know if my body would handle that really and truly. You know what I mean? No, it's true. Uh, yeah, it's true. I think when you mentioned about what you're, like, you're, you seem very happy in this, like, where you are. And I think with sometimes the downfall with competitors is they're not content. Like, they're not, they don't, they think, right, I don't know, I'll, I hope this can work off properly, but they're not very, they're not content where they are with weight and with what they've got. Um, mm. Like sometimes you feel like, oh, you've got to go for the next category up. You've got to go for this. Oh. Like, no, you don't have to. Like, no. You really don't. If you don't, you know, if it's not for you or if you're happy staying with X Federation, like, is there kind of federation like snobbery in powerlifting? So I think, um, I think that if, 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 if it's your first powerlifting meet or whatever, even if, if you're not competitive and if you don't like it's, it is different for us in the sense that if there's, if there's a chance you can set records in a lower weight class or in a different weight class and you will be competitive in that weight class, you should absolutely do it. Like in my case, I was going to be very competitive in the lighter weight class. So we went for it and we set the records, all three state records and two national records. So in that case, it made a lot of sense, right? So, but I don't, I don't think it makes much sense for, for somebody who is just beginning in powerlifting to even care about what weight class is it in, right? Yeah. Is that the goal with like the first meet is, is really to have fun and to make it a learning experience. And it's different for bikini prep where I think you, you, you do have to put in a lot of work, but the goal should still be to have fun on prep day or on show, on show day and to have it as a learning experience, right? And it's the same thing for us. So I think being overly concerned about weight and weight class as you're getting started is just, just a bad idea. Like so many, there are so many things that can go awry on, on your first meet. Like, you know, for me, I remember like I missed commands. Like I you know, did stuff like that. Like, so you, you had to follow commands and listen to the judges and all that stuff. And I was just like, Hey, you know, <laughs> go whenever you go. Like, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, so I missed a bunch of things, but that's okay. Like I learned from that. And so now, you know, we, we practice commands like way out in advance of the meet. So there you go. And that's the funny thing. Like you, you, you look back at it like, and you just think, oh my God, is it better that? And you find it funny. So just be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely funny. I mean, I can't take myself too seriously. I mean, it, this is right now I'm enjoying it. It's a season of my life to enjoy it. It's a season of my life to excel at what I'm doing in, in the sport for now. But, you know, five years from now, I don't know what the future holds, right? So I can't, again, I just cannot be too tied to it as much as I'm enjoying it. I'm going to ride it out and give everything I have and give it my very best now because who knows in what, you know, in five years what happens, right? That's and that's for any of us. So that's very we, can't, yeah, we can't be too emotionally attached, I think, to whatever it is we're doing because, I mean, if something goes wrong, then we'll think of ourselves as a failure or we'll condemn ourselves for whatever it is and confidence disappears, but that's not who we are, right? Mm. We're much more than that. Always much more than that. I love that. You're very, I want to get you back up. Like, you're so good at like, with like the quotes. I love it. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to finish this episode. I haven't asked you, I, I know what, well, I've seen on Facebook what you can lift, but what are like, your best lifts and what do you think contributed like you've mentioned about you know repetition all that sort of thing but is there is there certain things you think that like on the day or certain minds or certain thoughts maybe that comes into your head that you think yeah like that really did contribute to really nailing that lift that one time wow um I, I, well, my best my best lift is a 315 deadlift um 315 pounds on deadlift and i did that that's like the triple triple body weight deadlift which i set at the last beat um that would be my best on deadlift um my best in the gym on squat i think was 210 and in meat was 195 pounds and then bench um in meat i have i think the record now i forget all the numbers now and i should know this but <laughs> i don't shame 145 pounds on bench and i think in the gym i think i did 152 so we generally um, work so much harder <laughs> in the gym. And so that basically the meat is like, I know I, I've handled this weight so many times before, other than deadlifts really, um, that, that I know that I can do it on meat day. Yeah. yeah. Did I answer your question? Was that, was that what you were asking? Um, is, there certain, is there certain thoughts or certain things? Like people sometimes have cute, like mental cues. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, 
like yes. for example me I just get really angry <laughs> <laughs> well yeah no I definitely get angry when it's on the deadlift I get very 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 angry but there there are all kinds of things like I, I'm a big believer in journaling um so so for me it's like you know wh whatever it is I'm intending to do that day let's say you know I know I have a, a big squat workout I'll say you know whatever whatever it could be one word it could be powerful right hmm. it could be right strong or whatever like we all have something that we're telling ourselves right before that that big lift and I'm, I'm, I'm wonderful at like butchering quotes so I'm gonna do this and butcher it but there's I, I think it's Henry I think it's Henry Ford he said you know whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right yes we are truly limitless right if we tell ourselves that and so that's that is what I like to think like I, there, there there are no limits just you know give everything you add you are what you believe you are right so you believe that you're strong you will be strong like I'm I'm not one of these people who goes in with a negative mindset. There's no negative self-talk. I'm not talking trash to myself, calling myself, you know, you're a big wimp, you know, like I don't do any of that stuff. I just, I just, I go in with a full intent, full, full power, just believing I'm whatever, superwoman, you know, that just envision yourself being that Wonder Woman pose of yours, you know, just before you hit a lift. Just yeah. Right. Where do you think that positivity came from? Wow. Um, I think, um, this sounds funny, but I think from failing so much and from, you know, standing back up after each failure yeah. is, is I think a way to get just progressively stronger and build your belief in your, in your confidence. Just, and, and I think reinforcing again, reinforcing the positive is really key. I, you know, I think at first I would dwell on the failures. My initial mistake going into all of this was I would have an immediate negative reaction when I failed. So I get really mad. So I would, I would miss a lift and I get really, really mad. Like, I'm this, I'm that, I screwed up, blah, 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 blah. And then just beat myself up. And then for the rest of the workout, that's all I could focus on. So what really worked for me is just detaching myself emotionally from a failure. So I won't react now to what, so if something happens and goes awry, whatever, I, I just don't have a reaction. And I'll come back to it later. If there is something to be fixed and something to be addressed, then I'll address it. But I'll have no reaction. Um, so again, that, that has been a big shift for me is, you know, not having a reaction. And then if there is something to be fixed, coming back and addressing it. So again, it's, it's, as we were talking about with winning, it's like, there's no winning and there's no failure. It's like you either learn from it or, you know, it's, it's a positive. That's it. Yeah. Power of the mind. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. No, for real. It is crazy. Like, I mean, if I thought that I couldn't do something, I couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. Most likely you can. That's probably the biggest um, thing that I, I have to tell my clients. That's probably the biggest struggle that like, they can tell me all these other problems that they've got. But right. when you boil down to it, it's literally the, the fact that they don't believe they can do it. Sure, yeah. Most well, of the time, that is the battle that they're having to face or having to help them face is, why do you not believe that you can't do it? And usually... It's something that it was that one little moment when they were younger or, you know, that one little thing that was said to them mm -hmm. that they've latched mm -hmm. onto. Sure. No, that's great. That's the power. That's the power of like that early imprinting. I think it's so powerful. Mm. So go back to that. Like, I mean, just like you were saying, like for me early on in my youth, I had this, and this was like, you know, back when I was in whatever high school or middle school, I had a coach who, you know, saw me lift in the weight room and he's like, gosh, you're really strong for a girl. <laughs> so, and, and I latched onto that. Like I was super young. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> so <laughs> visualize that. Think about that. Go back to that moment. Hopefully it's a positive one. Yeah. That's it. Always try and go back to the positives. Yep. It's really, yep. I think it's very human nature to go back to the negatives because. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It it's, I think it's very, like, in, in, ugh, like, very, very primal thing to do. Like, you know, we, our brain's trying to keep us safe. So if you can latch on to something negative, that can show you why you shouldn't do something. Oh, sure. It makes, perfect, do that. It makes perfect sense for survival. We're trying to survive out in the wild, in the wilderness, you know, and run away from predators. <laughs> so those are all <laughs> negative things. <laughs> you better be running. <laughs> I love that you better be running right now. <laughs> amazing well i was it's funny actually i usually end every single episode with what makes you not just bikini girl but i think we already know <laughs> no, I, I think i think your message and your podcast is amazing i really want to thank you for for having me on your show i love the fact that you bring on so many different guests to talk about so many different things it's clear that you care about the process of preparation and all the things that can go into it and the bigger picture which is so important you know when i was in my 20s 
what bikini prep was a 12 week thing. You know, nobody cared if you ruined your, your hormones or if you developed an eating disorder or whatever. Like it's so different now. We have so much more knowledge now. We have people like you who care and get the message out and bring on different guests to talk about different topics. And I think that's so important. So yes, you are, you, you have a great show and I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, thank you. Then you're all of all the love through the internet, through the oh, thank you. No, that that does mean a lot. And I think it, I, I've, it's weird. I get so much inspiration and motivation from outside the industry that helps me inside the industry with what I do. Um, and I, that's why I really love getting getting people like yourself and different people on the podcast that aren't just. The, yeah. you know, the typical bikini competitor there's something a bit more deeper because there is something deeper within, within all of us we're not just this empty frame you know there's so much more inside oh, um, and the biggest thing that you know a lot of coaches that I chat to and all that sort of thing you can give someone a training plan you can give someone a meal plan but mm. if their mindset is not there their head is in the right place, then it, it, it's wasting. I guess it's the same with yourself as well. Like the mind's got to be there. Absolutely. And it's so, so important, especially when you're doing a lot of things which are physically taxing. Like you need your mind to be healthy and strong um, and that self-awareness. And yeah, no, thank, I, that really doesn't mean a lot to me. So thank you. So I'm not very good when people give me compliments. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually went and I binge listened to a lot of your episodes and you, you actually have one from way back and you talk specifically about mindset. And I think you mentioned like Deepak Chopra's book and I can't remember which one it was, but you clearly care about the mental game. So I would, you know, redirect your audience who was listening to this to go back to those shows where you talk about that stuff, because I think it's really important. Thank you. And I guess it's the same with powerlifting as well, would you say? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. There's a big, there's a big, 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 big part that goes into the mental game because you have to be mentally tough because for us, you might have to wait years for a personal record. Like you really have to stick it out, be willing to put in all the work and lay the foundation and enjoy the success that may happen a long time from now. So that is toughness. That's mental toughness. That's waiting it out. (laughs) So for a result, that's a long time from now. And it just goes to show as well, like people tend to think what I love about you as well is that like, you're a single mom. Is it 40? You're 43, if I'm correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. You do not look 43. My God. <laughs> so if you could like, whatever you have, genetics, send them all over, holler, cheers. Um, but no, it shows that there is no limit. Like there isn't like no stop point. Um, I had one client last week say, oh, yeah, I'm 29 and as soon as I hit 30 I was like whoa 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 I was like nothing changes when you hit 30 it's just your yeah. mind your exactly your perception to turning 30 that's what's changing nothing else like the world isn't dramatically changing it's literally how you're perceiving that change absolutely right you're absolutely right and and looking for us more and more women are getting into the sports um um you know bodybuilding and fitness and figure and bikini and powerlifting and they'll be doing it for a long time so that's awesome I think it's good for all of us So if people want to find more about you um, or follow your journey, where can they go and do that? So I am on Instagram at Shyla Fitness and Shyla is my daughter's name. That's S-H-A-I-L-A. So Shyla Fitness and then um, on Facebook as well. And I'm on there as Sumi Singh, though there might be a couple. And if it's a funny picture, if it doesn't look like me, it's probably not me. (laughs) (laughs) I did that once. I searched my name. There was just so many like... Yeah, you might come across a couple of different Sumi's things. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be sure to send uh, put in the episode notes the official. <laughs> the official yeah. one. Oh, but amazing! Honestly, thank you so so much for coming on, uh, girls, guys. We're listening. I do hope you found this one interesting. Um, always do let us know what if you've taken anything away from this. Uh, Always leave a review if you have liked the podcast and I'll see you guys in the next one.